The University of Queensland is preparing to graduate its first class of homegrown physician assistants. These pioneers are breaking new ground for the PA profession and aspire to be one of the solutions to the workforce shortages in Australia. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is Karen Molotalo, Physician Assistant, Senior Lecturer, and Program Director of the First Physician Assistant Program at the University of Queensland, Australia. Today we're discussing the first PA graduates in Australia. Hi, Karen. Welcome to ReachMD. Hi, thank you for having me. Karen, you're the Program Director of the first PA program in Australia. Did you ever see yourself as a pioneer? Not in the least. (laughs) It's been a nice surprise. Well, tell us how your road led you to this groundbreaking role. Well, I met Dr. Mitchell at a 2007 PAEA conference. I was giving a presentation on different tools that programs could use to sort of supplement their online content. He saw that presentation, and Rod Hooker set me up with an interview with Dr. Mitchell, and it went from there. So what were the main obstacles that you had starting the program? Well, no one particularly likes change, and I think that it represented a change that I'm not quite sure the medicine side of the house was ready for. But Peter Brooks, who is another pioneer, feels strongly that PAs, this role, will help alleviate the workforce shortages, and it's been a challenge to to negotiate a place for physician assistants and have that be accepted in the School of Medicine. But we're making good strides, and that's going to continue to be a challenge, I think, for the next few years. So are physician assistants recognized in Australia? Not as of yet. There are two trials, one in South Australia and one here in Queensland, depending on the outcomes of those trials. So there's every indication at this point that those trials will go well. After that's complete, then the process for formal recognition of the physician assistant profession starts. All right. So tell us about your program. Our program is a two-year program. We matriculated our first students in July of this year, so July of 2009. They do one-year didactic content and one year of clinical rotations. So at this point, it still looks pretty similar to a traditional PA program that you would see in the States. And how many students are in your first class? Currently, we have 18 students. And are they nervous or excited about what they're about to accomplish? You know, they are. They're really nervous. It was important for them to have that kind of energy, to have that kind of pioneering energy in order for this to work. And I've really lucked out because they have taken that responsibility of their, really their unique position in this country of being the first PAs, and they've run with it. They are doing a fantastic job, and I think they're going to meet the challenges, um, all of the challenges that there are to kind of cutting a path for PAs in Australia. I think that they'll meet that very well. Well, what's the makeup of the class? Is it similar to the PA students that we see today, or is it more similar to that MedEx model of yesteryear? It is more similar to the MedEx model of yesteryear. (laughs) Their average age is about 42, and the average number of years of clinical experience is about 13. So this first year, most of these folks are still working in their clinical jobs that they have had before. There's about 50% men, 50% women. A third come from the military, so a lot of them are active duty. A third are rural nurses and paramedics, and the other third are kind of a a mixture of other allied health that are living in the urban areas. Are these PAs, do you think they'll end up in a rural setting, or are they more headed for a hospitalist-type program? 
I think that about half of them will stay rural, and I think the other half will be in kind of a hospital-type setting. And there's a good number. The people who are active-duty military, I'm thinking, may continue to work in the military hospitals. Wow, definitely sounds like medics. How much of a role did medics play in the development of the program? Ruth Balwick, who's been instrumental in really helping set up what has been done so far in Australia with regard to the PA profession, she was talking to Dr. Mitchell and had helped him sort of lay the groundwork for the initial curriculum and help him sort of formulate the philosophy. So before I got here, there was work being done by Dr. Mitchell and Ruth Balwick on the foundations of this program. So medics has helped tremendously. I got to say, Ruth Balwick is everywhere. She is everywhere. (laughs) So how are you adapting to the model to meet the expectations that Australia has set for you? Part of changing that model is making it the cohort or making it look like PA programs that were earlier, that you found earlier in the States. Because essentially, I think, especially out in the rural areas, there are individuals who are working in PA-like roles already. Once we sort of formalize that role, I think that they're going to see the benefit of physician assistants and and the role that they can play in assisting to provide health care because I think they've been looking for that type of role or, or something to fill that role for a while. And physician assistants and nurse practitioners will be part of that. But really, at this point, it's choosing the right cohort to represent the profession right out the gate. As far as the model of education, it's interesting because in order to get that type of cohort, it's not common in Australia for people to drop everything that they're doing and go to school. So... You do have to find ways to change a program to assist a non-traditional type of student. It just isn't common for people to do that here. Yeah, let's at, talk about that for a second. You know, okay. something that I learned was that in Australia, people don't come to school and sit for hours in a classroom. And so you've had to learn how to adapt to some at-home type learning and some different ways to get people where they need to go in the program. Is that true? That's true. And you know, Queensland, Australia is is deceivingly, you look at the land mass and you think that's a pretty big country, but relatively the population is quite small. So Australia education-wise has dealt with remoteness for a number of years. And so when they, they were doing distance education by radio, by TV for years. And so when the internet came along and, and educational technology began coming up with all these things, it was very easy for them to roll over and to accept kind of a distance education, which is, I think, for most medical education in the States, they're still finding a way to make blended learning work. They've been doing it for a while now, so it's easy for them. But as far as changing a curriculum to do that, I have had to use a lot of different online tools and design a curriculum that can be delivered, you know, synchronously and provide that same kind of structure and that same kind of esprit de corps within the class that you really need. So that's been a challenge and we'll continue to work on that. And and it's only I've only been going for about six months now, but we're still working on a way to design it so that we can continue, at least for the first few years, to have cohorts that are non-traditional like this, keep them in their communities, because you'd like to keep the students that are coming from those rural communities in their communities, and still come up with the product that is a good physician assistant. So those are, yeah, those are the challenges that we continue to face. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Karen Molotalo, Physician Assistant, Senior Lecturer, and Program Director of the First Physician Assistant Program at the University of Queensland, Australia. 
and we're discussing the first PA class about to graduate soon in Australia. So Karen, in the U.S., one of the biggest challenges for PA education is clinical rotation sites. Are you experiencing the same problems? Oh, yes. And I think that we're going to experience those challenges no matter how long the program's been established. But there is a wave of medical students. They keep increasing the numbers, at least here at University of Queensland. We're almost up to 500 medical students in a cohort right around this Brisbane area. And so there's a lot of anxiety coming from both the teaching hospitals and from the students about these physician assistants and how they might be taking away resources from medical students. So we have to be very careful about how we place the students and how they're going to play a role in their placements. In Australia, educating a third-year medical student when they go out for their own clinical placements is quite time-consuming for one physician. And so I think that's what the difference is. They don't have quite as many students as they would in an American hospital So they because it's so time-consuming to teach a third-year medical student. What I've had to do is explain to these medical practitioners that a lot of the content that a third-year medical student would be getting, PA students are getting a lot of that in the third year, so it would be a different kind of preceptorship. And early on before I got here, Dr. Mitchell and Peter Brooks and they were going around telling these doctors that eventually physician assistants, because they will be experienced, some of them experienced clinicians in their own right once they enroll into PA school, that they could actually help alleviate the teaching burden of medical students. So that's one of the other avenues that have been taken to try and have people look favorably on physician assistants coming into placements. But right now the demand is very small, but the number of students we have is very small. So I think uh, for the first couple of years, it might be, you know, it might be workable because I don't think medical students are, can go throughout their whole time and not run into a physician assistance. But that has been a point of contention because they're increasing the number of students and in, in running out of placements. Well, you recently had a big day when the Aussie Surgeon General came to visit your class. Tell us about that and how did it make the students feel? That was a tremendous honor. It's quite unusual to have the Surgeon General come and address the students. And it really helped to contribute to the energy that they have to pioneer and cut this path in Australia for physician assistance because when they enrolled, it surprised me actually because there wasn't any guarantee at the end of this yet. The trials weren't finished and a lot of the legislation to support physician assistance is not yet complete. And so in my view, <laughs> these were people who took significant risk and are making a lot of sacrifices. They, I don't think they realized quite what the rigor was of the curriculum. And so they're working, they have families, and they're doing this program. And yet there's still not a guarantee for them, although I believe the momentum is positive and the future looks good and they will be the leaders of this profession, but there's still nothing like that. So when the Surgeon General came to speak to them, I think that that helped a lot it was reassuring because the first things that sort of happened in the States to help the PA profession come into its own are happening in Australia. And it was good for them to see that. And they've, that really energized, especially the, the active duty physician assistants. Is there an Australian Society of Physician Assistants? There is now, yes. The students on their own, they didn't get much assistance from me in doing this, but they formed their own, the first society. They are beginning to build structure around that even during this break as speak. And they were able to garner the support of the Australian College of Rural and Remote Physicians, which is another big plus to have that College of Physician support 
the First Society Physician Assistance is was a big step, um, a big support. And so they have an online presence with the colleges. They have a site called Romeo, an education site called Romeo. So their presence, they're building a presence on that website, and um, it's very exciting. Doing lots of good things. I'm very proud of them. So what lessons did you take from your American PA experience that you're bringing to your Australian PA experience? The lessons that I learned is that I'm now learning, as I'm learning as I'm going along, as you can imagine, that it doesn't really matter sometimes what their experience is or how old they are. Students react the same way to the curriculum, and they can get, (laughs) because of the rigor of the curriculum, they can get worn down, and, and they experience those same things, whether they are all face-to-face or whether they have breaks in between the face-to-face time. And so I am learning that to counsel them and to mentor them, you support them in the same ways you would at, at the same points in their training. So what are your goals for the program moving forward? I'd like to continue development of the online components that we have, making them better, involving more of the medical community in our program. Right now I have four general practitioners in, the, in this urban area who are doing a fantastic job of working, helping me work with the students weekly. I want to involve more of that. I want to integrate ourselves more into the, the medical community. And I think that'll happen as we put our students out into rotation, that there'll be more opportunities to build those relationships that way. But I think in the next five years, I would really like to continue building community relationships with our program. Well, we're looking forward to watching your program grow, Karen. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for coming on the show. You bet. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And thanks for listening.